Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyal, your host. We are moving further into the season of the Great Fast, which is an ascetical time. It's a time when we look at our fallen passions. And certainly this particular Sunday, the Sunday of the Prodigal Son, has a great story in regard to our fallen passions. But when we talk about passions, we sometimes don't fully understand what that means. And we certainly don't understand in our culture, according to how we might understand it in Eastern Christian spirituality, which is, of course, part of our task here on Light of the East, is to present the spirituality of the Christian East, both lungs of the church, but primarily the Christian East. And it's interesting that the Eastern Christian spiritual masters, oh, this is going back centuries, they were very much in touch with what modern psychology later has come to understand, the workings of the mind and the soul and the spirit and the passions and so on. They're very much in touch with those kinds of energies. I'm going to refer today to a a wonderful little book by Father George Morelli. He's an Orthodox priest, PhD, and he's a clinical psychologist as well. He wrote a book called Healing, and I have volume one with me today. It's called Healing, Orthodox Christianity and Scientific Psychology. Now, you can get this book from our good friend Jack Fiegel at Eastern Christian Publications. You just go to ecpubs.com, ecpubs.com. And again, the book is Healing, Orthodox Christianity and Scientific Psychology. So let's look at the passions to understand them in light of Eastern Christian spirituality. In his book, Dr. Morelli, Dr. Father Morelli, says this, And he's referring to some of the fathers of the church as well as modern psychology. And he's referring here in this passage to St. Macarius the Great in his fourth homily. St. Macarius says, We can cultivate the ability to discern right and wrong if we understand the three movements which lead to passion. The first is a natural movement inherent in the body, which does not produce anything sinful or burdening to the conscience, 
but merely lets it be known that it exists in the body, something such as hunger. Now, here we see that the natural appetite of the body innocently expresses itself. Feeling the pangs of hunger, we prepare food and eat to fullness. Suddenly, certain thoughts come to us involuntarily. Until our will consents, these thoughts constitute neither virtue or vice, but merely disclose the inclination of our will. Now, I'm going to stop here and explain something. That might sound a little bit uh, heavy or confusing, but we have to remember that turning point in the Eastern Christian spirituality is that the passions are not bad in and of themselves. They're like energies that are in us. They're part of our more natural existence. So they're not good or bad, but it's what becomes of them that becomes the good or bad part. And that's, of course, what we're focusing on the Lenten season as we move into that Lenten season. And Father Dr. Morelli says that in Eastern Christian spirituality, there's an anthropology that suggests natural movements or inclinations that then lead to passions and further sins, etc. He says, I do not believe that what are called natural movements are not the same as the original nature of man, but are a result of our fallen nature. See, our original nature was good. We were made in the image and likeness of God. Our passions are a part of that, but they have become fallen. And so we tend to identify passions in terms of what is fallen, like when we lose our temper, we lose patience. Those are very, very commonly confessed sins. And we sometimes feel and are, in fact, dominated by the fallen side of our passions. But our passions are originally good, neither, but they're certainly not bad. But what has become of them becomes problematic because of original sin. So let's look a little bit more on passions from Father Dr. Morelli's book. Here he's quoting St. Gregory of Sinai, another great spiritual master of the Eastern churches. Sinful acts provoke passions. The passions provoke distractive thoughts, and distractive thoughts provoke fantasies. The fragmented memory begets a multiplicity of ideas. Forgetfulness causes the fragmentation of the memory. Ignorance leads to forgetfulness. Appetites are aroused by misdirected emotions, and misdirected emotions by committing sinful acts. A sinful act is provoked by a mindless desire for evil and a strong attachment to the sense and to sensory things. Now, this is St. Gregory of Sinai, who wrote quite some time ago, and this is found in the famous Philokalia book, a collection of writings by the great Eastern spiritual masters. And what he's saying here, basically, is a very important point. It's something that modern psychology and counseling uses a lot. He's referring basically to the difference between a, a cognitive approach and an emotional one. In other words, our feelings. In our day and age, we sort of have enshrined feelings. They almost become like false gods. We often ask a question, how do you feel about something? Or this is how I feel. And therefore, if we feel it, we associate feelings with reality. And sometimes we feel that we can act on those feelings, no matter what they are. So yes, we become angry or vengeful, or gossipy, or lustful, things that we don't really want to do. But we become those things because we act on what we feel. Whereas what is supposed to dominate over our feelings is our cognitive ability. In other words, the ability to think and judge, and to also the ability of our will. So we think and make judgments of what is right and good, and with the act of our will, we act on that, not on our feelings. 
very important distinction. Feelings are important as a means of telling us, or like indicators, or like the gauges on our dashboard, like our gas gauge. Feelings tell us where we're supposed to look or what we're supposed to look at, what needs to be looked at. In other words, our thought processes, our convictions, our belief system, because those thoughts produce the feelings, not the other way around. We feel a certain way because we have a certain attitude, a certain understanding, a certain thought, a certain perception. Then you combine that with the passions, which are a kind of an energy, and you have a recipe for trouble, <laughs> for sin. And that, of course, is what we try to look at during the Lenten season. And the Eastern Fathers were very keen on these things, very much in touch with them. One of those passions is, of course, anger. As I mentioned, certainly one of the most often confessed sins. Let's face it, we all have trouble with anger, and we always feel guilty, usually, when we get angry. Now, there's two kinds of angers. One is not a good anger. The other one is a good anger. The good anger moves us to action, to healing action, to action that remedies, solves a problem, improves things, motivates us to repair something, to make something better, to stand up for injustice and so on. That's a good kind of anger because remember, anger is like an energy. The bad kind of anger is one that comes from the fact that we're trying to protect something. It's a little insight into anger. When we're angry, angry is a defense mechanism. We're trying to protect something. So the key to solving our bad anger is to walk it back, do a little self-inventory. What is it we are trying to protect? And should we protect it? Now, again, Father Morelli in his book has some interesting insights from the fathers of the church. In this case, it's the great Saint Basil the Great. And this is what he has to say about anger. Father Morelli writes, The spiritual cognitive components of anger were long recognized by our church fathers. St. Basil recognized the loss of reason in anger. And he said this, It makes a man completely bestial. In fact, it does not even allow him to be a man at all, because he no longer has the help of his reason. An interesting spiritual issue arises in this context writes Father Dr. Morelli, in order for us to perceive ourselves to be intruded on, and he puts that in quotes, that's very important, to be intruded on, to the extent that it justifies anger, vengeance, and retaliation, we have to see ourselves as important. St. Basil tells us, anger nurses a grievance. The soul, itching for vengeance, constantly tempts us to repay those who have offended us. I am so important, so above others, I have the right to act uncharitably toward the other. Isn't that true? This goes back to what I was saying about acting on our feelings, and we feel justified. I am hurt, I am angry, therefore I can act this way. And as St. Basil, a great Eastern Church father, said, no, we can't act this way, it's bestial, it's like subhuman. It can be explained why we act this way, but it doesn't justify it. There's a difference there, a distinction we sometimes miss. We can explain why we acted this way, but it doesn't mean it is justified. A lot of times we confuse that. We explain and we justify. Well, I felt this way because of this, this, and this, and therefore I could act this way. 
No explanation or insight into why we acted a certain way can help the other persons to react to us with a little more understanding or compassion and offer some guidance. But in no way should an action that is not charitable be justified just because it can be explained or we feel a certain way. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the passions and anger from the perspective of the Eastern Fathers and also modern psychology with the help of our author, Reverend Dr. George Morelli, in his book, Healing, Orthodox Christianity and Scientific Psychology. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at ByzantineCatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loyup and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net. Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. As we're moving towards Lent and we're moving through these preparatory Sundays, and today's a real classic, the Sunday of the prodigal son, we're looking at the very thing that Lent calls us to look at, our fallen passions, those things that get out of control, that we always feel bad whenever we have acted on them. And we're trying to analyze them a bit, looking at passions, what they really are, looking at anger and its source. Now we're going to look at really the source of everything. 
We left off before the break with a quote from St. Basil where he explains how our anger, our bad anger, remember there's a good anger and a bad anger, that anger is never justified and it comes about because we think we're so important, so great. Yes, we all are special and we're made in the image and likeness of God, we're all precious. Yes, that's that's another level of, of looking at it. But we're talking about a level which really is rooted in the mother of all sins, and that is pride. So let's look at what the Eastern Fathers of Modern Psychology has to say about pride with the help, once again, of our wonderful little book here by Father Dr. George Morelli. And again, you can get this book from our friend Jack Figgel at Eastern Christian Publications. Go to ecpubs.com, ecpubs.com, and the book is called Healing, Orthodox Christianity and Scientific Psychology. Now, about pride. Here's something from St. Maximus the Confessor. The malice of the demon of pride takes two forms. Either he persuades the monk to ascribe his achievements to himself and not to God, the giver of all goodness and helper in every achievement, or belittle those of his brethren who are as yet less perfect than himself. Okay, two forms of pride. That's really where all of our sin comes from. When they say that pride is the mother of all sins, it really is. It's like the the hub of the wheel that holds all the sins together. All other sins are held together by pride. They're all rooted in that, one way or the other. And especially, we're talking about today, the, the fallen passion of anger. Again, there's a good anger and there's a bad anger. We're focusing on the bad anger. That's what we want to heal, especially as we move into Lent. Now, also, there is this about pride. And this is from our author, Father Dr. Murley himself. He said, the roots of faulty self-esteem, which is narcissism, start within childhood with faulty parenting. Parents often make statements of being in rewarding and or punishing their children. For example, you are a good or bad boy or girl. This is a statement of being. The children attribute what they have done or failed to do to themselves. They begin to develop concepts that they themselves are inherently good or bad, and thus worthy of adulation or even glory or of condemnation. Parents should focus and evaluate the actions of their children. This was correct. For example, this was a correct or incorrect answer. Parents should always respond to their children in this particular way. So in other words, you're responding, parents, to the behavior and not judging the person, not confusing the two. But especially in our case today, in our program, parents that respond to the child with adulation, I mean, affirmation is one thing, but the the adulation where they're associating the good work with the worth of the child can lead to what is all too common today, and that is this narcissism, this egocentricism. It's a social phenomenon as well as a family phenomenon in our culture today. And it comes, again, from pride. And from pride then comes ego, narcissism, anger. And that is then fueled by the fallen passions. So you've got a recipe for (laughs) disaster, for spiritual disaster. So again, I want to remind us and review here a bit, because some of us can be a little complex, but our passions are those energies that, that drive us in good ways, the passions for, for life, you know, for love, even for anger, which is a passion for defense, you know, for justice and so on. Our passion to eat, for hunger, it keeps us alive. These things are not bad in themselves, but they have become fallen 
And therefore, they can create, coupled with pride, they can create then bad things. They become intertwined with our thoughts and our feelings. Our feelings overrule our thoughts. Our passions kick in gear. And the resulting behavior is one of sinfulness. And that our feeling then is guilt, (laughs) especially if we have well-developed consciences. And that's what Lent is trying to get us to look at. Now, there's another aspect of this, and the word is called incandescence. Incandescence, and Dr. Father Morelli is going to explain that to us in his book, but he's citing another father of the church, St. Gregory. He says, St. Gregory taught that unless our life and action are accompanied by a sense of inner grief, we cannot endure the incandescence. And here's a quote from St. Gregory. Our efforts will always be accompanied by apathy and self-conceit, distractions, daydreams, sluggishness, dissipation, indolence, and the intellect benighted and callous. Then Jesus is hidden, concealed by the throng of thoughts and images, the crowd, the mind. And this is what Dr. Murley then says, incandescence refers to the influence that thoughts daydreams, and other interior deliberations have over the intellect that cloud its clarity and perception. Just as, say, a red light distorts the appearance of objects in a photographic darkroom, the passions, or lusts, can direct and illuminate the thoughts in ways that distort how the intellect perceives the world around it. In the context of sexual addiction, for instance, sexual fantasies and behavior lead to a sluggish, slothful, and callous intellect that hides the healing power of God. Psychologists note that awareness or coming to oneself is often preceded by some major life consequence. And he cites in his book here today's gospel in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, the gospel of the prodigal son. In the gospel, it says that you know when the son had his conversion back to his father, it says that he came to himself. Sometimes they, they call it, he came to his senses, but he came to himself is what this says. In other words, he was able to use a cognitive factor to override his passions and his feelings. And in that cognitive factor, he became aware of what his real self is. That's why the scripture says he came to his self, which means that our real self is actually good but it gets disguised. It gets covered over by the fallen passions, by wrong ideas, wrong thinking, by thoughts, which Eastern Fathers call logismoi, these thoughts that come to us involuntarily. They combine with our fallen passions rooted in pride, and then we have now layers of our false self, So the prodigal son realizes that what he acted on was not his real self. It was not that self made in the image and likeness of God. It was not that self loved by his father and a father whom he at one time had to have loved. That was not his real self. So he comes to himself and then makes his conversion and returns back to the home of his father. He went in pursuit of the fallen passions, largely narcissism and pride and lust and ego and anger and envy. He saw things that were outside of his father's world that he thought were better, that he wanted. He was going to have them at any cost, even at the price of 
insulting his father to such a such an incredible degree. We have to remember that the prodigal son, when he asked for his inheritance, he basically had to tell his father, pretend you're dead. Pretend you're dead. Because you didn't get the inheritance till your father died. He tells him to his face, pretend you're dead because I value your money more than you. So this was a, a son that was overtaken by passion, narcissism, pride, and lust. Eventually, his judgment prevailed. He recognized his real self. And sometimes we have to get that low. We have to go sort of hit bottom in order to come back up, to come back to ourself. And this is the point of these pre-Lenten Sundays and also of the season of Lent itself, the season of the great fast, the bright sadness, the flowering of repentance, which we look at those areas of our lives that are still ruled by the fallen passions and those areas where feelings maybe are still the false god and they help us to justify certain behavior which we know is not our real self. And so it is the rigors of Lent that, like the prodigal son, help us to return to our real self, meaning the image and likeness of God. Thank you for listening. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. EWTN home video highlight for February is The Miracles of Lourdes and the Lourdes Experience. These wonderful documentaries give you an in-depth look at the miraculous healings and capture the essence of the life-changing experience of Lourdes. Order your DVD set at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week or call 1-800-854-6316. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.